right. Well, we'll get started and then we'll go and have morning tea. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? <laughs> I know you already preface this in the email yeah. and I'm not allowed to ask and I've already asked. No, you can ask. You what can are ask. we talking about? I don't know. I'm going to ask you some questions okay, maybe and cool. then it'll go from there. But All right. It's a... I hope I bring the quality you want, Matt. <laughs> I'm prepared. No, it's not. I'm not dismissing you by saying I don't really care. Good. It'll just be a conversation we haven't had before, and that's okay. that's enough. Good. Um, but I like that. I'm not looking for. I like, like the general structure. I was going to say the ones that I've listened to. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't we'll like just have a chat. Like oh well, they came out well because we yeah, did yeah, pre-meeting yeah. and yeah. your people spoke to my people and said here's the list of questions that you are allowed to ask. And yeah get Simone to tell this funny story mm. or anything like that. No. I did but ask... Some of them have a focus. Yeah, but that's... have a focus. <laughs> but we might. That's... Oh, okay, All, all of the ones we've, that I've done, not yeah. all of them, but some of them have a very specific focus, mm. but most of them we find the focus as we go along. Okay. Because... You know, I'm in your hands. Thank you. I trust you. And cue. <laughs> Go. Uh, <laughs> so I'm talking to Simone Linterman, right? Linterman's, Lalive. Lalive. Both. Both. Neither? Simone. Just Simone. Simone. Uh, I work with Simone. Simone's an English teacher as well. And we're going to have a bit of a run of teachers. Uh, so either yay or boo, depending on what you say. Um, it's actually interesting that I'm talking to you today. Today's your last day with your prac teacher it is and tomorrow i'm gonna talk to my first ever head teacher um so i might try and do some sort of like synchronous thing where i we sort of cover the same thing so with your prac teacher yes what do you recognize in her from when you were a prac teacher so much yeah so much um i think that eagerness to please yeah. very much so yeah um which i think is just one of my general personality traits anyway i'm a bit of a people pleaser um, but i also recognize um some of those simple mistakes that you make at the the beginning of your career yeah when you are super eager and you spend a lot of time planning and you get into the room and sometimes you just want to run the lesson plan you planned yeah not what's happening in the classroom mm. um but having said that i actually think my practice teacher is a bit better at realizing that in the right. moment and then adjusting wow to the class i know i know it took me a few years yeah. i think to really learn that and nail that and be comfortable right. in that space to just sometimes throw out what I had planned yeah. and go with the what's flow happening, and, right. and what's happening and what the kids are responding to. Yeah. Uh, but I've also really enjoyed seeing her just unbridled excitement at mm. being in the classroom, nailing a lesson and yeah. coming out just on a complete adrenaline rush high and just being really excited about it. So. Yeah. I remember that feeling and it's actually nice to be placed back in that space with her. I think that's one of the things I enjoy most about having Having um, a crack teacher Mm -hmm. is putting yourself back in that position and going, oh, I remember this and I remember how exciting and it is reaffirming. That's still what keeps me in teaching. Yeah. And I think that's what all teachers say, right? It's the classroom that keeps us in the profession. Absolutely. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it'd be nice if that's all it was. The other other stuff is. Well, I agree. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Professionally, you are right in what that's you are right. saying. Yeah, it's um that yeah the energy of nailing a, a good lesson. I can't remember the first time that happened, but I do remember early on in a prac, just mm. like the first time it actually worked, the planning is not the first lesson maybe it is i don't know the first lesson might be the students like who are you and what's going on and they're a bit confused and so yeah. but it's a lot of just oh that didn't work and that didn't work and 
I don't know. It's hard sometimes. You know, I asked. I did just ask your practice student, mm. uh, like, what are you, what are you afraid of? You know, good when question. you become a teacher, and like all good practice students, <laughs> not much. Everything's going to be great. <laughs> you know, like it's that kind of thing of like. I don't think we ask, we never ask practice like students that like afterwards, like they've done a prac and she, like, like you said, it sounded like it was fairly successful and yeah. um, um, they're a big fan of you. They said, quote unquote, you're, you're like hanging out with a warm hug. Isn't that nice? <laughs> well, isn't that lovely? It is lovely, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's that sort of, that enthusiasm overrides fear yes until it goes terribly until it doesn't yeah i i think this is my eighth or ninth practitioner oh cool um and i've definitely had a few where it doesn't override the fear yeah they're really terrified (laughs) they they get halfway through a lesson yeah they're through all of their content or a spanner's been thrown in the works and they look at you yes with that panic yeah (laughs) sheer panic Mm -hmm. And you go, I'm going to see if you can, like, I'm not going to jump in. Yeah. We can do this. And some of them swim and yeah. some of them don't. And that's okay. Yeah. And it is okay. It's, it is. It's part of it. You it can't, is. you can't do prac teaching and just make everything, everything was fine yeah. and easy Yeah. because that's not real teaching uh, for anyone. Not even no. if you're experienced. The difference I find is coming out of a terrible lesson now you sort of can lean into it like this lesson's going terribly what's going to happen next like the, yeah. you sort of can i don't know i know it for, for a fact when i started teaching terrible lessons were always the student's fault mm. but yes. now yes now, absolutely now you can come out and be like the first response usually is like the students were terrible and then you have to go well what did i miss or what didn't I do yeah I Um, agree but I don't know as a prac student that's hard it's really hard and it's hard sometimes not to take it personally as well I think um but yes I agree kind of a bad lesson now I I'm more curious to lean into it Mm -hmm. and go why what have I missed as you said what what have I missed and what can I change and pull out yeah. and, and do differently and yeah. yeah but I also really enjoy I think on the flip side exploring some of those new techniques with prac teacher yeah um, and particularly this prac teacher has been really interested in trying out different behavior management strategies okay um, which has been quite interesting because I think I, I have a very clear understanding of my behavior management strategy and and how I direct those conversations where I want to go with it. Um, And she has a slightly different Hmm. philosophy around that. And being able to give her the space to explore that also forces me to reflect upon my strategies and what's working and what isn't working and what I could potentially tweak in my practice that's, in that respect. That's exactly, that's what I've always found having mm. practice students is like, oh, I have, I have to be critical of this teacher, mm. but all the behaviors they're doing, oh, that's what I do that. And I do, oh, look, they're just directing it to the three people who are listening and mm. disregarding, all right, I've got to change that. It's, mm-hmm. it's really helpful in that yeah. way, isn't it? Yeah. So what are the, what are the different, the difference in behavior management or that you so she's coming from a much more structured background of schooling yeah uh, so she really wanted to have a go at kind of implementing um more formal structures around the behavior management strategies i think more similar to what you see in a high school setting than yeah. perhaps what you see in a college setting so we've had lots of conversations uh, around getting in under why the student is behaving in that way yeah rather than jumping straight to this is an unacceptable action this is the punitive response right you will follow this structure that I have set out for you. Yeah. Uh, and again, 
mistakes that I made as a beginning teacher and going, this is my, this is the school's behavior management policy. I'm going to follow it to a T and we're going to have these conversations and I'm going to fill in this form and we're going to do it this way. Um, And I think as one of my colleagues puts it, doing things to students rather than doing things with students. Right. That's good. um, Doesn't always end well. And doesn't forge fantastic relationships with students. <laughs> no. So we've had a lot of conversations around that and I think I've been able to help her potentially frame in her mind yeah. where her boundaries are because that's a lot of it, right? You've got to figure out yeah. what the school's philosophy is, what your philosophy is, how they work together yeah. and ultimately where your boundaries are and how you're going to manage that. Yeah, because often at, at schools we are told, mm. here is our behavioural mm-hmm. management stance. And I, I, you've taught at high school, I've taught at high school, yeah. I, I'm sure, I'm yeah. guessing that at some point you were given, here are the phrases to say, Yeah. here are the literal... Oh, the questions to ask. Here are the points, yeah. it's on the board or yeah. it's next to the board, we're going through these steps. Mm-hmm. I'm now giving mm-hmm. you the opportunity to, and you read it out. Yeah. Now, I was always getting in trouble for never using those because i was the good beginning teacher right. who went i'm going to follow this structure to a t yeah and all of the eight different steps but what happens when you do that oh you just turn the student off completely yeah potentially ruin your relationship with yeah, them because it's and it's cyclical so you work yeah. through the process yeah and then in a week's time mm-hmm. you're back to the same because starting point the theory behind it seems to apply to how adults would respond mm. or best case scenario response not teenage yes. egotistical brain yes. is going to be like oh that was yesterday <laughs> which mm. is you know you've taught classes where mm. the the real difference in behavior management i had especially at college it's not so much but at high school was the biggest difference was I want to stop this behavior now. I want to correct it now. I'm going to shout at you. I'm going to make you. And they're already heightened and it's just a complete disaster. So many of those in my first years of teaching. Yeah. And then after a while you realize, oh, this lesson's shit. It's going to be terrible, whatever I do. Yeah. Got to get through it. Yeah. Next lesson I have with these students, that's what I'm going to start with. Yeah. Without the emotion. This is what you did yesterday. This is how it made me feel. This is what I, these are my, this is what I will accept in here. Mm. And they come in and a lot of times they're confused because they're not behaving badly today. What's going on? Why are you mm. telling us about our behavior? We've just got in the class. It's a different day. Like they just... It's forgotten. Yeah, mm. it explodes and then it's forgotten. But when you're a new teacher, you just go home and you're like, why don't they like me? <laughs> yes. yes, absolutely. And I think it's also that... Um, <laughs> struggle for power right that struggle and as a new teacher you often feel like you need to establish yourself and if you don't establish those boundaries and you don't establish that authoritative power Mm -hmm. yes the authority that the students aren't going to respect you and they're not going to listen to you and it's just going to turn into this chaos and sometimes it is those structures that you hold on to for dear life, right? And you go, this is my authoritative power, you are doing this, therefore I am doing this and if it doesn't work, well then I can just kind of follow these steps without necessarily addressing the issue or the underlying issue um, until eventually... I've ticked all of those boxes and I can get you out of my class and I can maybe have a good lesson. And it's kind of fear-based, right? I don't know know what I'm doing. I don't know how to handle this. And I haven't done this for a while, but there are Mm. always my first few years of teaching where you would look at the student absence role and see, hopefully, that kid or these kids aren't in my class today. They were always in class. 100%. They were always there. 100% (laughs) attendance record. And again, as you said, it's through that kind of career. Like it's, I could count on one hand the number of kids who I've met, who I look at their behaviour, yeah. and once you get to know them, yeah. you go, well, I understand completely why you are the way you are Absolutely. and the way that you act, the way that you act. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, there's nothing least helpful <laughs> to, a, to a teacher who talk, is talking to a student to say, when I was your age... This is how I behaved as a student. Yeah. Like, 
And, and, and so what? Absolutely. They, these conversations with my prac teacher, um, the initial conversation started out around, this is how I was as a student. Mm. Like when, when you are an excellent student and you would never display these behaviours and you would never do that, it's hard sometimes to yeah. understand why students behave in this way. And um, <laughs> I, I completely agree. And that, that's a pretty steep learning curve. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the most beneficial learning curves that we can have as a teacher, because yeah. ultimately... Most of us are in the room, not just because we like our subject, right. but because we like working with young people and we want to have a positive impact in their life yeah. and be that space for them to be who they are, grow, express their opinions mm. in a safe space and hopefully have a positive impact in that way. That, that was a very, very nice way to put it. I don't mm. reckon I had that thought for a while maybe i i agree like well, i'm thinking of the terrible classes i had when i started oh yeah and i'm sure i didn't go in ever thinking no. i want this to be a safe place a place where they feel safe and if i had of yeah then that class would have gone better it would have been yeah. always challenging yeah but it would have been like because eventually what happened by the end of the year was you get to know them Mm. at sport mm. you get to know them mm. at the shops you get mm. to know them in the community you get to know them outside of the mm. classroom where it's combative and then you're like oh right i thought it was your problem you don't see me as a human but i don't really see the students as human i agree it's definitely a progression i wouldn't have started my teaching career in that space either <laughs> no not at all um i think i started my career in the space of i really enjoy working with one, young people yeah uh, but yeah, the young people who are pleasant to be yes. around. Yeah, I like my year ten class. They're lovely. Oh, it's a great class. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The one who's pouring super glue yeah. in the kids' hair over there was yeah. definitely one of my most challenging students. <laughs> and no, there was not there was not much understanding between us yeah. at all. In in, I think that was my second year of teaching. Uh, and it actually horrified me when at the end of the year he came up to me and said he was like thank you yeah and i'm like oh my gosh you are just like pulling the leg because we have not had a yeah, <laughs> quality relationship mm -hmm. and i don't feel like i've appreciated you and you haven't appreciated me yeah yet again by the end of the year learning about his home life and yeah his movement around different schools yeah it's like, actually, this is probably the most stability you've had in a really long time. So I'm going to take the compliment <laughs> and I'm going to go and like rock myself to sleep yeah, because I really don't know what's happening yeah, in our relationship. Yeah. Just see if there's going to be a fallout to that. But yeah, 100%. right. But it might be the case of, you know, in other classes, they're changing teachers. They're like it's Exactly. He hadn't had, he had been moved around schools. Yeah, right. He'd also been moved around classes. Yeah because his behavior was quite problematic yeah. he was just shifted around teachers right. kind of every term or every semester yeah. to deal with that sometimes they're like um feral animals right like sometimes literally yeah. like they act like feral animals but yeah. a lot of times i even in a class i have now yeah. where we got I, a new student was put in to my class and he was very resistant to it i was like asked him a question and he was like what and i was like okay so you have to treat them like all right i'm just gonna let you be in this class mm -hmm. and you're not gonna i can tell you're not gonna do any work yet but i can't be like do your work do you that's not gonna work so you just have to let them and he plays his music really loud in his headphones so you let it and then all of a sudden one day he's got his headphones in but he's not playing the music and then the next day he's got his headphones out and he's listening to the weird conversation and then he might offer an opinion and then mm. and every time his kid offers an opinion he undercuts it like mm. i'm only oh no don't worry about it if you ask a follow-up no, no, I was only oh, don't worry about it and you're like Ugh. some kids are just work yeah. but if you don't have the when you're a new teacher anyway. I was anyway. going to say second year Simone was just telling <laughs> no. my kid you're in my class yeah. let's do some work yeah. let's do this excuse me oh. you are in my class look at my authority 
it's the inflection for me, Matt. The yeah. elongation of the syllables, absolutely. One of, one of my favourite things, I have to move away from the microphone, but I don't blow it out, <laughs> is if you want to get attention in a class, yeah. even if it's just to no one, if the class is being noisy, yeah. is how dare you? <laughs> and then everyone just freaks out and you're like, oh. And they all look and you're like, they all try and work out who was that to, and you're like... <laughs> I can't one. say I've ever tried that one. It's I'll a have good to one. keep that's, it. That's a good one. I'll have to keep it up my sleeve. Excuse me, one hundred percent. That's a phrase I've trotted out many times. The Australian, career. of course, code of teaching just starts with the phrase "oi." <laughs> that's a good one across the playground. That cuts through as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you don't get to use teacher voice as much at college. You don't. But I can do. I can pre-warn the class. Yeah. I am going to use the teacher voice. I, I never get to use it. And then I do it and they still jump. It still freaks them out. So good. And you're like, yeah, that's That's, that's how you know you you've nailed it. You've got to just, it just you cuts through. You have nailed it. That projection. Yeah. I once so was on the phone to Jars and I was on playground duty and she heard me and she was like, who is that? Look, that was me. And she was like, what? It's my alternate persona. It's, my, it's yeah, teacher Matt. It's teacher Matt. Yeah. I've used, I've, you know, used it on the kids. Yeah. Every now and then. Yeah. Uh, and I know I've told this on the podcast, but the first time I used it to Violet, she literally just fell on the floor. She was about to touch the oven. Oh. And so teacher voice came out to like stop and she literally hit the floor like a bomb went off. So good. Obviously started crying and I was like, well, I had to you. You were about to touch the oven. But that's her reaction was like, Jesus, what is that? Um, so I wanted to go back to your maiden name, Lalivra. No, other way around. So Lintemans Lib- is my maiden Lintemans name. Lintemans is your maiden name. Lalive is my married name. I get confused because emails have the different... It's, it's because I tried to change my email <laughs> and they managed to change my pay and not my email. What do you mean they managed to change your pay? Now that you are a married woman, we're now going to I pay you less? Married... <laughs> <laughs> your husband can take not. care of you? <laughs> That's right. They managed to change it on my, my pay slip and my pay accounts. Uh, but not oh, on right, my right, email. Right. And then I spent a couple of months chasing down the <laughs> department and, and being shifted around. And then I gave up. Yes. But it confuses everyone, rightfully so. So the next school that I move to, yeah. I am just going to be Simone Lindemans because right. I cannot be bothered with We've that got... administrator. Will the school be like, wait, but the pay is going... Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> just call me <laughs> just Simone. No, just none of your concern. I'm what if you just change your name to Simone? Exactly. Like, I'm like just sure. going to be like Sure or Madonna. <laughs> I'm just Simone. There's not that many of us out there. Yeah. I reckon I can make it work. And then if you're back at a high school, the kids will be like, hey, oh, it's Simone. Simone. <laughs> yeah, we call her by first name. She's cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The first mark of cooldom. Yeah. First name basis. My uh, drama teacher at, at high school, who we loved, mm. but since have thought about and realised he wasn't much of a drama teacher, but he was a lot of fun and we <laughs> liked him a lot. He had an alternative ego, alter, alternate ego called Trevor. <laughs> all the Trevor. kids, all the kids <laughs> called me by my first name. Like he would just go like, oh, hey, I'm the cool teacher. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Kids call me by my first name. I'm Trevor. I guess he probably had a drama teacher called Trevor yeah, who did that at point. high school and he was just like, yeah, that was his old ego. That's pretty it's, much what he taught us to do, like the value of just piss, pissing around yeah, in drama. Yeah, fantastic. I love that. Yeah. It's interesting, though, how much it freaks out some teachers, particularly in that high school environment, that idea that a student knows your first name. <laughs> right, that, yes. Because it's, it's, like, it's a problem. Yes. That, again, it's that authoritative again, power. Again, yes, when I started if teaching... Refers to yes. me by my first name. Mm-hmm. They do not respect me. Yes. So this, when I started teaching, they would Weird. say, "What's your first name?" I go, "Don't worry about it. It's not important." How old are you? You'd be like, "Oh no, I'm not telling you that." And you look back and you're I like, "Just tell them who cares." I never cared about that. That is one thing I never cared about. You think no, that is undermining teacher. my authority. You and then you're like, "Oh, now it's just a thing in the no. class where they're trying to work out what your name is." Yeah. My the year nine class I had to start off with, they just started calling me Chip. So good. And I was like, of course. Yeah. Well played. That's exactly what I would have done. You're not going to tell us your first name? I reckon it's Chip. Cool. Hey, Chip. And they'd see you in the playground. Hey, Chip's here. So good. I think the nicest name that any of the students called me, one of 
for some reason, one of my students could not remember Lintman's. Yeah. So she called me Miss Lamington. And I'm like, I will be Miss, yeah, Lamington. Miss Lamington. I yeah. love that. That's great. That's got really warm vibes yeah. to it. Lamington it is. Right. So now I, I did do a little pre-work on this interview. Ooh. And I just asked our good friend Lisa oh. um, <laughs> just some questions to ask you. And she said, basically, did you grow up in a small rural town? I grew up just outside of Canberra, uh-huh. so Canberra born, born and bred, but I grew up out on Max Reef Road, which is in between Sutton and Bungandore. Right. So, yes, rural upbringing, and I went to Sutton Primary. Right. How many students are at Sutton loved. Primary, right? Not many. It was 115 students in the yeah, whole school total. when I went there. We were far superior to Gundaroo because Gundaroo only had 60 kids. So right. that was the ranking. Yeah, the pre- one of the previous schools <laughs> we had, for some reason, students would come from something primary yeah. too. Even though it's yeah, it's not closest, but no. either way. So I got to go out there a few times. It's yeah, lovely. Nice. I loved Sutton Primary. It was beautiful. But yes, only 15 kids in my year group. Wow. Um, and I think one of the pivotal moments that I remember from primary school is the composite classes that you have to go through, right, yeah. when, when you're in a small school. And when I was in year six, we had a composite year three, year six class, yeah. which was just bananas, year three on one side of the room and year, year six, six on, on the other. other, because we were the two smallest year groups. But the teacher who we had was phenomenal yeah and definitely one of those teachers who inspired that career path for me but you have to it's it's funny you say it's the same for me year three right but if i was to guess i would say they made you feel really good because they would give you some of the work that the year sixes were doing right that's that's the easiest way to be like right i know how to get these year threes and so i'm giving the year six these one i think you could have a go at this now That was, I remember my year three teacher doing the same. No, I shouldn't be teaching yeah. you this. Yeah. This is year five work, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. Where you're yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I think you can handle it and then mm. you just go, oh, okay. And then, wow, we're succeeding at a year five level. I know. It's amazing. Absolutely. All of those, all of those things and the warm and fuzzies. Uh, but she was also the first teacher I had, I think, who I never heard raise her voice. She was mm. one of those teachers who just had that referential power where she could stand in front of you and say, yeah. I'm disappointed. Oh. And you were just like devastated. Right. <laughs> Absolutely devastated. All of the kids loved her in that respect. I'm going to try that line. Oh. My intent will laugh at it, but I might try it with them. Yeah. So. But Sutton Primary is so cute. So cute. Mm-hmm. It is celebrating its 150th year in operation Far this out. year. So yeah. was it, had it been refurbished? I don't know, refurbished with desks and yeah. things? Yeah, look, lots of portables. Yeah. Um, so some original buildings, yeah. but lots of portables. Um, Did so you have yes, desks that still the... had the inkwells? Some of the right? classrooms Right, because I was just did, thinking, oh, that's old-fashioned, but I remember in, in primary school mm. you'd still have those desks. Yeah, the wooden desks yeah, with the, the inkwells, inkwell. and they had the little, like, yes. hubby, yeah, under, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And Absolutely. The ridge for the ridge for your pens. Yep. Yes. Wow, yes. I we haven't did. thought about that for a while. I know. Yeah. That's some good nostalgia. It's good. Yeah. Let's just think about that for a while. I know. Um, yeah. And so the old school blackboards. It was yeah. Great. Did you teach with blackboards? No, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I hate chalk. Yeah. Um, I did worst. teach with overhead projectors mm-hmm. in my first year, mm-hmm. and that was fun for the first month because i'm like i'm gonna write in these different colored pens and it's gonna be great yeah then you spend forever planning this awful lesson of just yeah copy from the board copy from the board yeah when was the last time you did a lesson of copy from the board a long time ago. that was my that was what worked with my terrible class remember we were saying like when you start teaching how you have oh yeah yeah yeah. these lofty goals of how you will teach and be engaging and will be creative and then you're like the only time this class is settled it's is if I write on the board yeah. and they copy it into their books. 100%. And I would just make up. It's not from a textbook. I'm mm. just going to make it up and keep going while yeah. they keep writing quietly. Yeah. And you're like, this is what I trained four years yeah. to do. And the passion I have for teaching is to write on the board and get them to copy it down. God yeah. damn it. I know. It was horrendous, <laughs> right? Yeah. Horrendous. 
brought me yeah brought me no joy but you're right it was that class is definitely quiet. a really key strategy yeah. that was used 100% particularly but, through SOS right yeah let's learn about this aspect of history <laughs> our first learning will be writing a full page copied <laughs> yeah this is how we learn from a textbook yeah. but it's weird it's... and then we're going to highlight it god i love highlighting yeah. still do you know what yeah. i don't reckon i did that that's genius i never oh, thought of that some highlighting, Copy it from the board and then highlight highlight, highlight. so good but i i yeah now i have this mm. memory just writing mm-hmm. keep writing writing yeah writing, a whole board full and they would yeah. just sit and write. and you're like oh that's that's what you have been conditioned to do because i'm like no we're going to discuss mm-hmm. Socratic discourse, which I didn't know at the time, but no. let's just talk. Yes. And we're going to come up with these ideas and then it, it would work. It would go to year 10 and that was a good class and we'd have these great discussions and then you'd go to year 9 and they'd go, we are going to eat this table <laughs> because we, there's no structure. No. But also, again, beginning teaching, if you didn't know your content, yep. copying from a textbook, mm-hmm. real safe. Real safe. Real safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think some of that also <laughs> potentially comes with that confidence of right. knowing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, knowing what you're doing helps. Knowing what you're doing helps, always. Yeah. If you threw me into a science classroom now at college, yeah. watch me bring out that textbook. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Let's have a look at what the I textbook could, has to say. I could teach. <laughs> yeah, sure, there'd be students that are much smarter than you and... You'd be oh. like, in science, like, oh, okay. But I've taught languages where I didn't know the language oh. properly, so. How know. have we not had this conversation? I taught six months of French. I don't speak French. No? What year? What year group? Thankfully, it was year seven. Yeah. Uh, but even at that point. Yeah. You don't speak any French. I don't speak French at all. Uh, one of my beginning career mistakes of being too enthusiastic right. and too helpful. Yeah, I'll teach French. And, and the school coming to you and saying, yeah. we need French teachers. If anyone's interested, we will support you yeah. and, and provide you with some training. And three of us... <laughs> it's an opportunity, I remember a principal saying. Three of us silly, silly, silly people put up our hands and the training, we went and found this Alliance Francaise course. Too expensive, way too expensive. We can't do that. (laughs) What we can do is provide you with this like online audio book lesson that you can do one lesson ahead of the kids and then you can just trot out the lesson for the kids. It was horrendous. Yes. So I really had, I just brought my English skills to the table, right? And we did a lot of cultural lessons, uh, a lot of history, bit of language. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Plenty of culture. It was horrendous. And at that six month mark, at least at that point, I think I was in my third year of teaching. I had enough of a relationship and enough savvy to say to my deputy principal. Yeah. I will not be seeing out the year. I will do this semester and then I am done because this is not quality for anyone involved. Anyone involved. Did they care? Because a lot of times... Luckily, my deputy did care at that point. Uh, And she said, yes, I I understand. This is not working. Um, And in true school fashion yep. um we did get to go on that alliance francais two-day oh, course yeah in the last two weeks of the semester when i couldn't use anything yeah. it was great it yeah. was really interesting you learn a lot <laughs> what language did you teach japanese oh now do you speak any japanese yeah okay yeah. so well, I, that's we, a start we jazz and i lived the, lived in japan for two years <sighs> and so when we came back and i needed to work i interviewed badly because I hadn't <laughs> been in front of a class for three years or something mm. my reference was the, is Sandy who I'm going to talk to tomorrow yeah uh, and she when she said I've got you down as a reference she was like okay when they rang they were like how has he used blah 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 and she was like uh, uh it was like five years ago or four years ago now so I and it, it was just bad and yeah. of course like you, you interview to be a teacher and you're like oh well I think when I taught in Japan, I did something mm. like that. It was way different than it was funny going the next year to be like, well, like yesterday I did this and, you know, tomorrow I'm going to, like, it was much 
different. But I, I learned enough Japanese to get by yeah. when we we're in Japan, and yeah. I can read the hiragana, katakana. Um, and yeah, I came back and I just ticked, I can teach Japanese, English, Japanese. Um, and then I was working at Borders Books. Oh, yeah. Uh, over the summer and yeah. you know I, I just told a multitude of lies to them because I wanted to work full-time but they gave me a full-time job but then Lynham High was like we need you to work for a term so then I went and I said oh no I've double booked myself I have to work for a term but I don't want to be a teacher I want to work at Borders Books so they were like oh cool we'll just hold your position full-time nice. when the holidays start so I pretty much worked I think it was like 65 days straight Oh my because goodness. I was working at Borders on the weekend. Oh. Just so at, over summer, I wasn't going to get paid. No I had way. a job lined up. So then I worked yeah. full-time at Borders. Um, and then two days before school went back, the department rang me while I was at work and was like, hey, uh, yeah, we've got a job for you at wherever it was, Melba. Uh, and I said, okay, what am I teaching? They're like, Japanese and one other area. Go, Which, <laughs> what other area? And they're like, we don't know. So, uh, okay classic uh, and of course they were like all right school. so we need you just to fax through your all your stuff uh by this afternoon because school starts in two days and i'm like i'm at and my you can't tell me the other area yet and i said i'm at my job mm. like you know because i don't have a job i'm at my actual job no we'll just fax everything to you and i was like don't fax it to my work that i'm at that i haven't told that i'm leaving in two days because you have got me a job so that was fun to go and see them and go, look, I, this is not, I thought I wanted to do this, but I don't. Like, complete bullshit. Like, oh, yeah, I really wanted to work in a big nice. book chain. Um, and then, yeah, I got to the school and I, I must have known some people already. I don't think of it. How did, oh, it was like a big, the first day was all the schools at UC. Oh, yeah. So the people from Lynham were there and they knew some people from Melbourne. So they were mm. able to say, oh, this is Matt. That's nice. And then... I sat with some of them and they said that's the principal and the principal came over and said you're Matt what can you teach and I was like well English and like ah we've got enough English teachers and what about I could teach PE no we've got enough PE could you teach science probably not uh, maths can you teach maths no how did you go at college in maths and I was like I didn't in, I'm not from the ACT, so college is university to me so I didn't do it at uni no no not university like year 11 and 12 and I was like oh, I need three unit math did you do well in math uh, yeah thanks good done math teacher if you had said no I didn't do well do you think that actually would have changed their conversation probably not no <laughs> so yeah that was anyway so I taught I taught Japanese and it was the same wow. let's look at yeah. cultural stuff yeah. when the Japanese exchange students came to visit then they would just be in class being like <laughs> <laughs> the grammar was all wrong like you know, word Luckily, choice. we don't get many French exchanges. Yeah, no, it's, it was always like, oh, yeah. Like, I didn't know any kanji, like the actual Chinese yeah. characters. Yeah. I didn't know. Like, I could count those ones, but most of it was just... And, like, so much was like, they'd be like, that's the wrong particle there. It's not near. It's this. And I'd be like, cool, thanks. Yeah. And taught. I taught that for probably two or three, oh, wow. three years. Yeah. yeah. And it was okay, but... Yeah. And then when I moved schools... Again, I was meant to go to a different school. They were like, cool, you're going to come to us. Yeah. And then when they told me, they're like, no, you're at this school. And I was like, huh. And it was because, again, I ticked Japanese and they're like, we are desperate for a Japanese teacher. We want this to be a Japanese centre for excellence. Yeah. Ooh, excellent. That's when I had to be like, that's not me. You need to get a real teacher. And he was like, oh. Language oh, teachers are so hard to come by. Yeah, right. right. crush my so dreams. So hard. And that was this, I mean, our... our flurry for language teachers yeah was the same push it was that changing curriculum where every single yes, year every seven and it. year eight yeah. student will do language now, but I, there aren't these i'm going to tell you I'll, I'll tell you a hypothetical story about the right. about that mm. let's just let's call it a hypothetical when i was working at my previous school and i was the japanese teacher mm. the person whose job it was to track every school and make sure that they were all doing the subjects mm. sent a thing through to fill out and it was like how many students do this subject how many students in the year group how many students and blah 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 and so i filled it out as it was mm. we had one japanese teacher 
So not every student could do Japanese for the year. They were doing it in terms or semesters. And I sent them that information and they rang me back and they were like, no, no, no. So this is where the government stepped in and made me remove this part from the podcast. Actually, that's not what happened. The microphone stopped working for some reason. Bad timing. You don't hear the end of that story. I'll tell it later. But you're working, so I don't know why. That was weird. weird. Alright. Gave me a head rush. <laughs> and breathe. One thing I've learned about myself. Stress, yeah. I eat. Yeah. Anxiety, no outside. No, right, I'm the same, yeah. I Which know is weird mean. for me. So I know what when you mean, yeah, like if definitely. I get to the point where I'm like the thought of food is just like nauseating. Yeah. I know I've t- I've tipped in that direction. Yeah. As opposed to general stress. Feed me the sugar. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. But there you go. I force myself to eat. Mm. <laughs> but I, I'm the same. Yeah. The well, stu- sometimes you have to, your right? Your stomach and you're like, look, I, 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 I need to eat. The first time I experienced that was after my first baby. Right. Like, had the baby blues real bad and the anxiety went along with that. Yeah. And that was where I had to, because I couldn't not eat for weeks on end. That's the first right. time in my life I've ever... Like, yeah, really eating. just had to treat food as fuel and right. try and just, like, not think about it, just eat something to get something in your stomach and then go about your day. So, was so it, weird. Was it, like, the was, so you had postnatal depression? I or don't you just, know. I, or is it just the exhaustion? I still question whether it goes that far. I had really severe anxiety. Right. Like, and that, again, first time in my life I'd experienced that. Um having children taught me that I love a lot of structure in my life. Mm. Um, so just that, like, the baby would be asleep. The baby sleeps so much when they're new. Yeah. But all I would do is, like, pace oh, and pace. clean right. Right, right, right. and watch mm-hmm. and, pat. like, I just could not yeah. relax. I couldn't switch off. And then, of course, the roller coaster of emotions that went with that. Yeah. Um, but it was it was probably only a couple of months. Right. Had a couple of meetings with Pansy, but yeah. I think really it was just it was it was really bad anxiety rather yeah. than full blown postnatal depression. That's a long couple of months. It was right the, the longest the couple few, of months. The first of my few life, months right? of a newborn, especially your first newborn, yeah, are long and yeah. long and short. Yeah, it's, and because people, flies go, slows people down. go, it'll change. And I remember that conversation, and I'm like, but that doesn't mean it's going to get better. Like change, mm. it mm-hmm. is changing. Yeah. But it's not getting better. No. <laughs> it's getting harder. Yeah. So, yeah. And then second child, I didn't have the same anxiety levels, I think, just because I knew knew a lot more about myself yeah. in that space. So did things to try and mitigate that. And yeah. I also had a two-and-a-half-year-old. Mm-hmm. And that was my saving grace because I didn't have to focus right, on... Right, yes. That's... I didn't have to focus on the, the baby not napping or not eating or, like, uh, getting wound up more, in that. Yeah, fit more into your lifestyle. I could they? refocus into mm-hmm. Theo and go, cool, 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 cool. You're not sleeping today, no worries. We're yeah. just going to roll with it. Whereas yeah. first child, I was like, you Charge. need this nap. Mental charge. You're not of, napping. Yes, Why aren't right. you napping? Why yeah. aren't you eating? Yeah. Why aren't you feeding? Why aren't you gaining weight? Whoa. Yeah, go Put online and find out. Ask, why is my child? If Brendan could burn yeah, right. all of those parenting apps at that point in time yeah. and, and websites, he would. We were he right tried on the, so hard we to were, get me off those. I think we were just... Violet was born in 2008. So yeah. we were right on the cusp okay. of being able to Google everything. It's bad. Because we it's didn't have that. So we didn't have... Bad. I'm sure Jazz was on like online chats, but it wasn't like you have yeah. access to everything because she, it's I guarantee so that would have been the same for her. So bad. To be like, I'm going to check everything. And because Viol- especially Violet's not walking till she yeah, was 20 sure. months, she yeah. would have been checking that. I mean, sure. she, we even took Violet to the pediatrician twice to yeah. make sure the, she had legs or hips or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Hip make dysplasia. Sure, yeah, and make all sure that everything stuff. works. Yeah. So all mm-hmm. of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, sorry. No, that's all right. Um, I wanted to ask uh, a difficult question. Great. The other thing that um, Lisa told me was that she said she wasn't sure, but did you do a round trip of Australia when you were younger? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, Really formative, I think, in my identity and love of travel. Um, Yeah, so my dad is a huge 
camper just yeah. loves picking up, taking off, rolling out the swag and camping. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, when I was it's 10 or 11, we did, we took four months off school. Yeah. Um, so I was in year wow. five and my brother and sister were in year three and we went all the way around Australia. It was amazing. It was fantastic. At the time, yeah. my parents took me away from my friends yeah, right, right, right. and we were camping and there weren't toilets and there weren't showers and <laughs> my time I got to run out of battery and all of those things that you lament as, as a 10 and 11 year old. Sounds like a disaster. <laughs> yeah, look, it, it was, I think, it was kind of 50 50. Right. I, I loved it and mm. I hated it and I loved it and I hated it's it. It's pretty much every yeah. year, student in year five, just their yeah. experience with life, right? Yeah. But it was amazing. And, yeah. and I, I, I knew at the time that it was amazing and I did really enjoy that. And yeah. we did a shorter trip again. We did another two month trip when I was 14 or 15. So I was old enough to appreciate it more right, then. Right. Um, two months was shorter and yeah. it was over the school holiday break. So it didn't impact social school. life as much mm-hmm. and school as much um but you just learn so much about who you are and what you value and about other people's values traveling yeah. so i really hope to emulate something like that with my children yeah but with the toilet facilities <laughs> <laughs> that's the first priority that's the first priority I'm, I'm fine in a tent. Yeah. I like a tent in a campsite. Most of our campsites on this trip were literally, you just drive Driving. for eight hours yeah. and then you pull over on the side of the road. Wow. Like middle of nowhere Australia, Tanami Desert. Uh, you have to take extra petrol with you because there's only one petrol station along that stretch of 1,200 kilometres or something. Jesus. It's full on, Matt. It's like... A bit scary yeah. at points. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just camping on the side of the road yeah. in the middle of nowhere. I can see the, the It's bad, amazing. The bad part of that oh, when God. you're that age. As, as a parent, like I just don't have that confidence. Yeah. The other thing I definitely learned from that trip, that was one of those moments where your perspective on your parents yeah, changes. Right, right, right. So again, dad hero figure whatever when you're looking up to him at that point and you go you can do no wrong you know what you're doing you can handle anything you can handle anything (laughs) we're four-wheel driving we're going through rivers with the snorkel and you're watching these other cars there was a moment where everyone is just watching these cars try and cross this river and and not make it and have to be towed out the other side and then dad they've got these snorkels on the top We didn't have a snorkel, right? That should be your first line where you go, I don't think we should be doing this. She'll be right. Everyone in the car, everyone in the car, we get bogged. The engine's flooded. The water's come over the top of the four-wheel drive. We're in the river. And my dad's (laughs) out in the river trying to mitigate this situation. And I remember sitting in the back going, I still have faith that you know what you're doing but is this what we should be doing right now? And is this going to be okay? <laughs> I'm not sure. So, yes, I definitely couldn't do the same kind of camping trip yeah. with my kids because I do not have that skill set, nor do I desire to have that skill set <laughs> of she'll be right. She'll be right. Worst comes to worst. We get, just kind of get I can carry lost you out of for a, a river. few days and the car gets swept down river, but she'll be right. What yeah, are you doing? Jesus. Yeah. But yeah, that was super cool. That's, That's interesting. Lisa remembers that. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Hmm. Um, all right. The last question I'm going to ask you, which okay. is a bullshit question. Yeah. And you're not going to be happy. Great. Uh, which book do you think changed you the most? Yeah, I told you. It's not God. a fair without preparation. I need to remember yeah. a question like that. Yeah. Which book? What was it? Changed, Changed me. You've had the biggest impact on you, like before and after reading. Okay, actually, I have an answer Great. for you. I don't know if this is one which changed me the most, but it's one which sticks with me because it definitely promoted a pivotal change in my thinking. Hmm. So, and now I'm going to have to look it up. Is it all... The secret. Is that what it is? No. <laughs> <laughs> Change your thinking. Oh, it's about... 
The doctor is dying. I think Jess. Is that it when breath becomes yeah. air? When breath becomes mm -hmm. air. Yeah. So I read this book at a point in time where I had just come out of kind of pregnancy with my first child, difficult um, emotions associated with that kind yeah. of at the beginning. Um, so went through a lot of anxiety, bit of depression, um, came out the other end, but all of my friends who'd had a first baby were starting to have their second. And yeah. I was really struggling mentally with that as a question. Yeah. And should I do this? Am I doing it because it's what I'm meant to be doing or is it something that I actually want to do? Read this novel. Um, yeah, so about this medical professional who finds out that he's got, is it brain cancer? Mm -hmm. Yeah, terminal. Okay, taking us through that novel. And there, there was a particular moment where he decides that he wants to have a child. Yeah. Even though he knows that he's going to die mm. very soon. Um, and in the process of reading about that and him talking about that, there was a particular quotation where he's talking about, I want to look back on my life and know that I made decisions um, that I was striving for, not decisions out of fear. I have mm -hmm. to go back and look at what the exact quote is. But that was something that really resonated with me and sat with me for quite a while um, and helped me work through that yeah. situation and realise that it wasn't societal pressure that I was fearing. It was the fear of kind of putting myself back in that space where mm. I didn't cope right. very well. Yep. with that newborn phase um, but that I didn't want to look back and know that I'd made a decision out of fear yeah and so we decided to have a second baby that's a good answer yeah All right. I'm glad I had an answer for you mm -hmm. thank you yeah welcome and that will pretty much do it that's it yay yay thanks Matt